And so I was able to use those tools to be a liaison between, you know, the health system and the community. I'm Dr. Lisa Fitzpatrick, founder of Grapevine Health and your host of the Grapevine Health Podcast, a podcast highlighting stories, health insights, and experiences of community members. We started this podcast because too often discussions and decision-making about health and the healthcare system don't include perspectives from the people we serve. So listeners, if you have a personal story or an experience from working in the community or on the front lines of healthcare, contact us and we might have you on the show. Today, I'm talking to Cortland Yarbrough, who tells us what it's like to be a community health worker and why they're so essential for the healthcare workforce. Why don't you start out by just introducing yourself? Like, tell me who you are and what you do. Um, Okay, Um, my name is Cortland Yarbrough. I'm a community health worker. I've worked um, for the Institute for Public Health Innovation for about close to six years. My specialty is um, providing services for people living with HIV. And I'm also currently right now working on a, a project to inform the community of HIV-related services. So like, uh, I call it community education. So what made you become a community health worker? I guess it was the, the, the desire to help others. I was volunteering at a shelter here in DC and I was always asked questions from like some of the guys. They were like, how do you get this? How do you do that? La la la. And I ended up like becoming my own little you know resource bank. Got the opportunity to train as a community health worker and it just stuck with me. I just I loved every part of it, you know. Um, and so I was able to use those tools to be a liaison between, you know, the health system and the community. Yeah. And is that how you see community health workers or if someone doesn't know what community health workers do? Uh, what would, how would you explain it to them? What do community health workers do? Community health workers are trusted people from the community that are able to be the bridge between the health system in the community. So a community health worker has to be, I guess, fluid, um, where they can talk professionally to who they need to talk professionally to, and also have the ability to break down things uh, to the people that they serve. Not saying that they're stupid, but just on the fact that like medical terminology or things like that might not resonate with mm-hmm. the community. So yeah, being able to do that. Yeah, great. There, There's a, a debate right now about whether or not community health workers should be paid or if insurance companies should reimburse for community health workers. Um, why do you think community health workers should be recognized as an essential part of the healthcare workforce? I think that community health workers should be an essential part of the workforce because we do so much that hospitals and social workers and all that can't do. Um, Mm. And we work hard for what we do as far as like education or providing services or finding people or, you know, like anything that a community health worker can do, I think it's essential to be a part of that care team. For me, I worked at um, MedStar Washington Hospital Center as a community health worker. 
and I worked with doctors, social workers, um, case managers, um, and treatment navigators. And so for me, it was an experience because the, the staff that I worked with allowed me to be who I, what I am and be able to go out and get the extra you know, information that they need and report back to them. And what sucked is that I was on a grant and that um, only lasted a couple years. Um, but I worked so well with the hospital that like, I wish I was able to be hired on at the hospital. So you when know, the grant place. was finished, then you had to go? Yeah. Oh, wow. And so that's what a lot of community health workers are experiencing. We are under, we're grant funded programs that in time will go away. So that kind of puts us out to like, okay, what do I do next? And for me, for example, my grant for the community education is going away in March. So I have to look for, for work. If we were billable through Medicaid, if we were um, hired on through hospitals or some kind of funding stream that would um, uh, keep us there, then we wouldn't have to worry about um, trying to find extra work or, you know, things like that. So. So what can you, you mentioned you community health workers do things the social workers and other hospital based employees can't do. What are some examples of that? Um, okay, so like, you know, with social workers and hospitals, they can't always um, outreach. So they look to community health workers to outreach to the community or, you know, come up with ways of different strategies on like what will work, what kind of messaging or whatnot. Also, um, community health workers can get in when they find the patient that they are looking for they can actually get the story. So like, you know, there's a lot of medical mistrust and fear of white coats. And so when a patient is in seeing their doctor, they might not be able to express themselves fully and just roll with, you know, and they just roll with whatever the doctor says. But if we as community health workers can find out what's really going on in their life, what, what's going on in their background, we'll be able to communicate that to the, the staff of the hospital or social worker so that they have a better understanding of what's really going on, why that patient isn't coming back or, you know, why they're not treatment adherent or, you know, things like that. Well, you know, I bet some social workers would say that they're quite capable of doing that. Why, why can you do it better than a social worker or anybody <laughs> who works at the hospital for that matter? That's a good question. Um, so I've worked with social workers <laughs> and at the end of the day, they just don't want to be in the community. Gotcha. You know? They don't want to come out from behind their desk, it, you mean? I mean, I guess some social workers do because of the job, but mm -hmm. from my experience, they stay where they stay and they take, they and whatever phone calls they get from the patients, that's what they take. They don't know really what's going on with that person. Um, and I can speak on many situations where, you know, doctors are getting upset that like some of their patients weren't sticking to their medication and come to find out that like, you know, they're being evicted, you know, or they don't have a job or, you know, they don't have insurance. And then, you know, finding out what that is and then telling them it's like, oh, okay. So let's work on doing this first, getting them insurance, 
making sure they have housing, something like that. So then I can go out and work with them in their homes and then also communicate with the social worker what kind of paperwork or what, you know, work out a plan so that we can get this person into what they need. Yeah. So tell me, tell me something only a community health worker might know. So, you know, I'm a doctor and I talk to patients and I think I can get a lot of information from patients or I think I know a lot, but I bet there are some things that you know, just by virtue of your work that I might not know. So what, just one thing. I would say. That's a hard one, huh? It is um, because my mind goes to hesitation, um, fear, not knowing how to advocate for themselves. Meaning I wouldn't know that patients don't know how to advocate for themselves. Correct. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the and hesitation. That, tell me about that. The hesitation of going with the care team's plan, being present at, at a, an appointment and speaking their truth. A lot of times in the home, I'm working with them on being able to advocate for themselves. So like if they say for high blood pressure, you know, I, I eat this food and this food and I, I can't do that and, you know, whatever, whatever. And I say, okay, so let's practice. What would you say to the doctor if he said, hey, cholesterol is out of control. What are you doing? You know, and you could say, I'm eating this. I'm doing this. Um, I need that. And so, yeah. Okay. So I suspect you have some really great stories to tell based on your work since you're on the community so much connecting with people every day. Do you have a story you want to share? Maybe something that has shaped your perspective as a community health worker or just some story that really touched you? I would say I have like so many, but I think the, the one thing, one story that pops out is I was working with a patient for two years who was HIV positive and pregnant and her family rejected her. And, you know, we were trying to get her into housing so that she could have this baby. And so I did not realize the struggle that she was going through at home with stigma and just like all that with HIV. But then I also didn't, I also saw like the love and passion that she wanted to do better for her child. Um, And so that helped motivate me to find, to work with her uh, through the ups and downs to make sure that whatever she is doing, she's doing for herself and her newborn child the right way, Um, which required me to step outside my box and talk to maternity doctors and uh, shelters for women. Um, also, uh, unfortunately, she had a PCP problem. So we had to like make sure that, you know, all those things were taken care of recovery and, and all of that. And um, the, joy, the joy of that is seeing her baby being born. I saw her, I saw her before she, I saw her in labor in the hospital. And then um, what she did, and we followed her after that. And essentially we got her the housing that she needed. Her baby was healthy with no problems. Um, and she was in um, a better space. And it was just like, wow, you know, I didn't have to do much. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I played my part in it 
Um, but just to see that she really wanted it and she could be able to push hard and work through stuff in order for her to get it. What do you think might have been different had you not been her community health worker? She would have shut down because she thought that people didn't understand her, what, what she was going through. Mm-hmm. And so for me to be able to hear her and you know ask her questions and, and, and spend time with her, she was able to um, open up about what's really going on with her. And so if I wasn't there, she would be just smacking up against the wall, you know? And I think that that's what's essential about a community health worker. It's about building trust. Uh, it's about building trust with the people that we serve. And if we don't have that trust built, then they're not going to, they're going to treat us just like um, a doctor or a social worker, you know, give us the answer that sounds right or go with whatever that they do, you know, you know, and not really take full advantage of, of their opportunity to, you know, get the services that they need and, and yada yada and advocating for themselves. Has your work gotten harder during the pandemic? And if so, how? Oh, yeah, definitely has gotten harder um, because what I was doing before was a lot of community engagement and presentations to community-based organizations and to people that want to know about my program. And so when COVID hit, I had to reinvent what that looked like and then do another path and go into Zoom meetings and, um, and present in that way which is different than what, you know, I did, but it was actually helpful because it opened my eyes to different avenues on how to reach the community in different ways. So what do you, you know, there's a lot of talk about the digital divide. Um, what, what are you noticing and what's your perspective on the digital divide as a community health worker? It, it's big. Um, is it? You I think so, because there's a lot of, I want to say 60 and up that don't know technology that well. And I can even include my mom, like she's 64 and she asked me questions about like how to do Zoom, how to do FaceTime, things like that. So if if that's happening, then I know that there's an issue with the digital divide. Not everybody, you know, 55 or 60 up has access to a computer. Um, not everybody has the cool smartphone like an iPhone or, you know, a Galaxy phone or whatever. They have the basics of like just getting text messages and calls. And even some of those programs are limited um, with because they have minutes, you know. So um, I think if we equipped uh, people with the right technology, even if it's a government phone, you know, if for me, I would be able as a community health worker if my client or patient got a phone that was equipped for uh, Zoom, I would just walk them through the process, just kind of like how I walk my mom through the process of FaceTime and Instagram and Facebook, like just kind of get them all set so that, you know, they know and that we can start working together um, uh, via telehealth. Uh, Last question on this. I'm very interested in, Uh, digital health for underserved communities. That's why I'm following this line of questioning. So thanks for your patience. Of the people you have come in contact with, what proportion of them would you say don't have a smartphone? Is it 5%? Is it 50%? There's a track phone program 
um, that's out. Um, from my experience, everybody that I've worked with have, they have some sort of smartphone, but it might not have gigs or the memory to have multiple apps on it. Um, and I would say maybe maybe 25% might not have. Yeah, yeah 25% okay. might not have a, a phone, a yeah. smartphone. As I'm listening to you, I'm wondering, what is your advice for how the healthcare system can bridge trust with the community or with patients? I would say um, that they have cultural humility. What is that? Um, having the open mind that they don't know everything about every culture or every aspect of everybody's life, I guess, kind of like being open to sitting back and really like listening. It's a cultural humility is an ongoing process, you know? Um, and I think that if doctors had or staff had that ability, and I'm not saying that they don't, um, I think that that would help build trust. Okay. Well, Corlin, thank you so much for this conversation. I learned a few things and um, you have a good day. Thank you, Dr. Lisa. That was Cortland Yarbrough telling us about his work as a community health worker. Thanks for listening to the Grapevine Health Podcast. Our producer is Nicholas Elias. Please like us on social media. You can find us at Grapevine Health on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram, and on Twitter at Health Grapevine. Until next time, I'm Dr. Lisa, signing off.